This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia, a radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? Wow. After that intro, I am fabulous. Very, very good. We are pumped up today, me and the mortgage mom. So we're excited here to be talking to you every week on 1210 WPHT at 9 a.m. every Sunday. If you want to ask us a question about real estate, commercial, residential, mortgages, whatever, personal stuff, we'll answer it all. All right, easy, easy. (laughs) My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're just here to help in any way we can. You can listen to this show and all the past shows at our webpage, goodnewsinrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website also. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We also have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yeah, we're going to follow up from last week. Awesome. And we also have Mark's funny story. Got a different one for you today. Uh-oh. We also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is? What to expect at the closing table. That's a good one. Mark, we also have our topic of the day, which is seven client behaviors emerging from COVID-19. That's a good one. Couple questions that came from our audience. Um, Question number one. I know that I roughly have three to five years before I am able to buy a house. My question is, how do I find out what price house my wife and I can afford? Next question right. is, I have a land contract and I put 10% down on 170000 The 10% is taken off the 170 before I start making the payments, right? Next question is, I am closing on a home in California next week. What recourse do I have if the seller does not disclose a known issue and it's found after closing? Uh, that's a, that's a, we get that one in all different forms. Oh, absolutely. And then next question is, recently uh, began as a landlord. I'm looking for a good tenant screening service. I did a quick check, but there are so many services. Do you have any suggestions? All right. And again, our topic of the day is seven client behavioral behaviors emerging from COVID-19. But Mark, first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, the secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda. 
It all comes down to what you do today. Got to stay in the 20%. You do the 20% every day, things will happen. <laughs> Get stuck in that 80%, not so much will happen. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. So where are we at? So, Mark, we're up to the market report. And there is Frank's bell. Frank has a hell of a bell, I'll tell you. <laughs> and so while the pandemic continues, home prices are accelerating in markets, beginning to edge into previously uncharted territory this month. National meeting listing price in July was 349000 That's a record high, according to Realtor.com reports and its latest monthly housing trends. Further, homes are selling just as fast as they were last year. Buyers are in a rush for fewer homes for sale nationally. The housing inventory has declined to nearly one-third of what it was last summer. Right now in Philly, there's about 3400 for sale at 676000 It's crazy. Let that, let that number sink in. The national listing price grew 8.5% in July year over year. So in one year, you buy a $200,000 house, you go up 16%. Well, 8%. So you're going up uh, 16 grand in one year. In one right? year. Yep. Right. Can't beat that investment. And compared to a year ago in markets like Philadelphia, Camden, Wilmington, Boston, Cambridge, Massachusetts, some of them are even higher. And when the COVID broke out, first struck the U.S. in March, March 16th, to be exact, I think that was the date. But since April, home prices have reversed and accelerated each month. July's listing price increased 8.5%, market's largest jump in a median listing price home in one month since November of 2018, equating to $27,000 increase from a year ago. The Northeast is leading the nation in housing recovery. After being particularly hard hit in March, we were seeing buyers return to the market. If this same trend continues in the South and the Midwest where outbreaks continue to rise, we see these flurries of activity into the fall, and especially with some of the school delays and all the everything. But in, the, in overall, the housing market is mirroring COVID's path, which is kind of strange. That, brokers. Good. No, I'm just going to say mirroring its path. I mean, well, because we it started all started out by in the Northeast here because of New York and the three major airports, and then it they all a million five Chinese flights came into Newark, LaGuardia, and Kennedy prior to them stopping, and then the Europe they stopped the European flights, and all those people took off. A lot of them went down south, and that's why we're following this path i think it's ridiculous what's going on anyway i was in a diner yesterday in uh, bucks county and i don't see the big deal sitting every other table you know i don't know why we can't do that in philly anyway back to real estate man where the money is where we're positive uh, all the time all the time and redfin reports that 45 percent of its co consumers who purchased the home in a parish year made an offer on the property without First, seeing it in person, forty-five percent actually made an offer. They saw pictures, but at, without physically being in the property. That's Mark, how crazy I went the under. I told you before we went under contract. I did a Zoom call. I walked through the property, and 
half an hour later, we got a contract. I know. That is up 28% higher than 2019 and the highest share since back in 2015. They commissioned a survey in May and June of more than 1,400 consumers across 29 metros shortly after the virus breakout. Uh, and 24% of the 1,300 consumers surveyed surveyed said they were willing to buy a home without first seeing it in person. That's crazy. I know. That's crazy. But that's where we're at. Real estate pros cite health concerns with the uh, virus and all that. The shortage of homes for the sales is reasons. Sudden urgency from the buyers. The real estate pros are increasingly turning to virtual tours, video walkthroughs, to guide these skittish buyers through the homes. Sight unseen offers will likely climb over the next few months, predicts uh, one of the studies, and they think it's even gonna go more uh, with more of that going on. And then for, uh, four ways to avoid this uh, buying a house virtually, well, uh, to avoid remorse, while other offers buyers see in the property, the person they don't often visit, the they often visit the property before completing the process. So they did all that. They watched the video, but they try to visit it before they settle, which makes sense. Well, you would hope so. Yeah. So FaceTime is pretty good, but it's typically better for everyone buyer to see the house in person at least once before you go sign on the dotted line. Most people <laughs> make a unseen offer, find a way to visit actually before the closing even if it's just a few days before getting their keys. But all in all, that is all good news. Speaking of good news, 30-year fixed rate, 2.75%. 15-year, 2.625%. Your FHA is 2.875. And 5-1 arm is 3.125. And you did not call the best accountant in the world, our friend Don Devlin, (laughs) And he has not called me, so I cannot refi. Would you please call him? <laughs> you All got right. it. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We will be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to your funny story. Now, I got a different one this week. All right. But it's a cool story. And, you know, I'm going to say something about it at the end. Anyway, this ship engine failed, right? This is a big boat. And nobody could fix it. So they brought in this guy, with older guy, with 40 years experience. He inspects the engine very carefully, top to bottom. After looking over the whole thing, the guy reached into his bag, his tool bag, pulls out a little hammer, taps gently somewhere on the engine, and all of a sudden, the engine just burst back to life. The engine's fixed. Seven days later, the owner gets a bill for $10,000. The owner says, what? He goes, you hardly did anything. And you send us an itemized bill? And the reply simply said, tapping with hammer, $2. Knowing where to tap, $9,998. There you go. So if you, 
you don't ever underestimate experience. That's like sometimes complain about realtors. Oh, they make all these big commissions. It's not about me showing you the house and opening the door. It's about what I know. That's what you're paying for. That's exactly right. That's, you know, that's the same thing that's going on right now. Like my son's really busy doing refinances and, you know, he's gaining the experience. He's doing amazing, but it's the experience, like what to pay off, what to enter, like just how to massage the loan to be able to make it work. So that's agreed. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's priceless. When they hire me, man, and I figure out a way to split the baby and make the deal happen, <laughs> that's what they're paying for. That's right. I that's didn't, right. Oh, oh, you did was open the door and showed me the house. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I also <laughs> gave you that little trick there, and we won. Remember right. that part? Yep. Yeah. So that's great, Mark. If you have a funny story that you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267 266 5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment. And today her topic is what to expect at the closing table. Again, you left out a couple words, but you know what? It, hey, it works. It's all good. It's what to expect at your real estate closing. Oh, sorry about that. It's all right. It's all right. You know, you can only expect what you can expect. <laughs> I've been pretty good last few uh, yeah, shows. Okay. All right. So when you get to the real estate closing table, you will yes. sign a lot of forms. And here's what they will say. But this is also what you need to do before you walk in the door. All right. Closing on a house marks the beginning of a new chapter. But the final step before becoming a homeowner includes a lot of documents, signatures, and fees. And here's how it works. What are closing costs? Closing costs are the fees and expenses you must pay before becoming the legal owner of a house, a condo, or even a townhouse. Now, according to Freddie Mac, you can expect to pay between 2 to 5% of your mortgage loan in closing costs. And fees could be charged for origination, underwriting, appraisal, credit, and title search. And it's important because when you're comparing bank to bank or mortgage person to mortgage person, like, for instance, we don't charge an origination fee. We don't charge an underwriting fee. We don't charge an, a processing fee. So our fees are generally less. Um, and how much does it cost? Closing costs are typically thousands of dollars, and they vary widely by state. Nationally, the average closing costs in 2019 were roughly about $3,339, excluding taxes. So that's excluding your real estate taxes and your escrow. 5749 with taxes, according to the data. Lenders are required to provide you with an estimate of your closing costs early in the loan process. And as it gets closer to the closing date, the amount you can expect to bring to closing will also be disclosed. Closing costs can be rolled into the mortgage amount or they can be paid upfront to avoid paying additional interest. If you roll the closing costs into the mortgage, it's important to note Although it helps avoid handling over additional cash, the costs which incur interest over that same period of time. So when you're going to roll the closing costs into the loan, that's coming from the seller concession. And you have right. to remember that those closing costs being rolled into the loan, are you're basically paying interest on it. But right now, the cost at 2.875, why use your own money? OPM. So, 
OPM is right. How long does it take? As of May, the average time was 47 days and 44 days for refinancing. Now, this is Ellie May reports. Now, with Team Mortgage Mom, you're looking at about 30 days. And you're looking at about 27 days for a refinance. Applying for a mortgage pre-approval before you start your house shopping helps you not only have an upper hand, but it also helps you close faster because some of the financial review and verification processes will be completed ahead of time. Now, we do all of that ahead of time. Okay, this is an article that was written that I wanted to share with everybody, but all those financial previews, we do that ahead of time. So planning for closing is crucial, especially if you're renting and your lease is almost up. Renters should aim to close toward the middle to the end of the month to avoid paying rent for a home you're not using. Now, when you close on a loan in the month of August, there's no mortgage payment in the month of August. There's no mortgage payment in the month of September. First payment is gonna be October 1st. Makes sense? Yep. The homeowner though isn't only part isn't the only party that dictates the timeline. If the seller is unable to vacate the home quickly, the closing process can take longer. Buyers should obtain beforehand all the documents that the loan officer re- will request. They should also make sure that nothing in their finance changes before closing day, like changing your job, making large purchases. Um, because the lender may request and often does last minute checks of vital information. Changing jobs is the one mistake to avoid in the closing process. Um, This would require the lender to verify the new employer. In addition, you should also refrain from making any large undocumented deposits, which large deposits such as cash deposits, opening any new credit card accounts, um, or also shopping for any new mortgages. Right. You don't want to mess around during pending. Exactly. Like I tell everybody, once you're pre-approved, don't even sneeze before you get to the table. Right. What you will need. Well, Well, I I always tell them, no big deposits, no big withdrawals, no big purchases. Yep, exactly right. Because again, we're not shopping for furniture for a house that we don't even own. Right. So at closing, you will have two primary responsibilities. You're going to sign all the legal documents, and this process falls into two categories. The agreement between you and your lender regarding the terms and the agreement between you and the seller transferring the ownership of the property. So you want to make sure that you read all the documents carefully before signing them and do not sign forms with any blank lines or spaces. Of course. Paying... Paying your closing costs and your escrow items. Now, numerous fees are associated with getting a mortgage and transferring the property's ownership. The funds are usually a certified cashier's check made out to the title company. Some title companies will still allow you to do a wire transfer. Not too many after all the scams going on. Yep, exactly. And you want to make sure that you bring government-issued identification, such as a driver's license or a passport. Now, everyone always wonders who is present at closing. So the closing procedure does vary from state to state and even in county to county. You want to make sure that the following parties will generally be present at the closing. um, And it's sometimes called the settlement meeting. There's a closing agent who might work for the lender or the title company and conducts the meeting. 
I like to conduct the meeting because I want to make sure I have an opportunity to go over all the docs you with my like client. You just like to run this show a minute. <laughs> Very true. I got to have control of the whole thing. All right. But there are three main documents to sign during the closing. The first is the deed or the mortgage, which is a document um, that's showing the property as collateral for your legal agreement. Um, You're also going to have your loan estimate, and this contains all the important information about your loan, including the terms, the interest rate, and all your closing costs. You're going to have the closing disclosure, which is like the loan estimate, except it outlines the details of your mortgage, and you should receive this at least three days before closing. You're also going to get your initial escrow statement, and this is showing you what's being paid as far as your taxes and your insurance. You're going to get the mortgage note. And this is the document that states that you promise to repay the mortgage. It also indicates the terms, the loan amount, um, and all the terms for making the payments. Then you're going to have your more, huh? Lots of details. Lots of details. You're also going to sign the mortgage or the deed of trust, and this secures the note and gives your lender a claim against the home if you fail to live up to the terms of the mortgage note. Right. The other one, Mark, is a certificate of occupancy. If you're buying a newly constructed house, you need this legal document to be able to move in. It's called a CO. Now, we don't offer, I'm sorry, we don't require a CO only on new construction. So that gives you a small glimpse of exactly what's needed and what happens at closing. And at the end, you give up your money, you give them that certified check, and in return, you are getting the 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 keys. You're getting the keys to your new home. See, it goes right back to my story with the little hammer. If you know where that's at, things happen. (laughs) Next will be our questions and answer segment. All right. That was a very good segment. That had a lot of detail. Yep. So with that, you are listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, WPHT 1210. All positive, all the time. We will be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, Remax, and Alan Stassen, who's famous for being a Philadelphia real estate expert. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Ms. Kat Saris? Mr. Ralphie Cumberland, we are <laughs> up to our question and answer segment. Question uh, number one. Yes. I know that I have roughly three to five years before I'm, I am able to buy a house. My question is, how do I find out what price house my wife and I can afford? Three to five years. I mean, you know, a lot can change Man, well, in three to five years. I'm wondering why three to five years. See, son, this is this could be somebody that just thinks it's going to take them three to five years before they're ready because they got to save up twenty percent. Right. You know what they're thinking? That's exact. You just took it. That's exactly what I was going to say. Or they're stationed somewhere and they're not going to be around for three or five years. But I guarantee you, the chances of them thinking they need to save twenty percent—that's what that sounds like. Mm. And then, right. so the rest of the question: How do I find out? how much I can afford, you call Miss Katz Harris up, the mortgage mom. She asks you a bunch of questions, 
and she does your gets your tax returns, all the other stuff, and then she figures out what you can't afford to buy. And then That's right. you tell her how much you want to spend a month, and she works out all the math for you. And when you're all done and ready to go, she calls me up, and I find you a nice house. Deal done. That's it. And we'll close in less than 30 days. All right. Problem all right, next solved. question. If I have a land contract and I put 10% down on 170000 the 10% is taken off the 170 before I start making the payments. Is that correct? And what's the answer, Mrs. Mortgage Mom? So the answer to that is basically that we will have 10% taken off. So yeah, so you're going to make your payments based on 170 minus 17000 Correct. That'll be the mortgage amount. That will be the loan amount. Correct. All right. What's the next one? Next question is, I'm closing on a home in California next week. What recourse do I have if the seller does not disclose a known issue and it's found out after settlement? Well, that's why the seller's disclosure is so important. Uh, you, that you either going to have to fix it. Hopefully they agree to fix it. Otherwise, you're going to end up in arbitration or in court and somebody's going to pay. I'm closing on a home in California, which is a bad move to start out with. I would be going <laughs> the other way, right. not that way. Exactly. Head away from there. But when it comes down to the disclosing of the issue, that's the whole point of the seller's disclosure to protect the buyer. And now, if it's something like, you know, some buyers get crazy. Oh, the washer machine's not working. Oh, well, when you bought that house, at the, when you settled, it was as is. And if the washing machine breaks, now you need a new washing machine. You can't expect everything to be perfect. So, what's the next one? Next question. Recently began as a landlord, and I'm looking for a good tenant screening service. Did a quick check, but there are so many services. Any suggestions? No, I, I'm not going to give a name of a particular company that you should use i would what i would do is talk to other landlords and see who they're using uh maybe talk to a property management company and you might not even want to end up managing if you talk to a property management company because they'll do all this work for you and if you ever have problems with the tenant they'll take care of that they might take care of the repairs and you don't get the call on christmas eve that the toilet's right. clogged and all that but it, it makes so much sense, Mark, to actually go through a management company. Yeah. I mean, the cost that you're giving up is minimal to, like you said, getting up at two o'clock in the morning or having to deal with all that. And the average is like seven or seven or eight percent. And sometimes yeah, think, you can yeah. get it less than that. And you plus that you're gonna write that off. Right. And nobody's gonna bother you. All you get to get is a check every month and a P and L. Profit and loss on what you're making. So it's a me, tax deduction. Yeah, it's a tax deduction, which you're going to need. So, you know, if you want to be the tenant, think about how much you're worth an hour. I, I, I had a friend that ended up owning a ton of properties and refused to pay a property management company. And I would talk to him on the phone. I said, what are you doing? I'm at Home Depot picking up a toilet. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? You own like 100 units. Why are you picking up toilets? What do you mean? Uh, anyway. 
<laughs> What's the next one? All right. Next question is with a USDA loan. I know there are location restrictions. Are there any other home restrictions, um, age, style, etc.? So, with the USDA Ooh. loan, there is property restriction. So it uh, it has to be in a rural area, and basically. There's a website that you can go onto and make sure that the property is eligible. But not only are there home restrictions, the also the person, um, the family that's buying the house, there's restrictions. There's income limits, um, household income limits. You know, is anybody in the household a student? Is anybody disabled? So you have to look at the USDA.gov website and basically go on to find out what those requirements are. And if you have any other additional questions, they can certainly give me a call at 609-605-7153. You know, I got a farm like stones throw from my house, and I don't understand why I don't qualify for this. Well, it's not just because there's a farm. I mean, it goes by the population. I know, I know. And you used to live in a convent. So the convent, they're probably showing like, what, 20, 30 people lived in that house? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and they all wore black. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, coming up next is our topic of the day. Seven client behaviorals emerging from the COVID-19. Hmm. All right. So with that, there were some good questions. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. All positive, all the time. We will be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we're up to our topic of the day, which is seven client behaviorals emerging from the COVID-19. The COVID, not the COVID. Not the COVID. It's not a Corvette. It's a COVID. COVID. Yeah. As the effects of this pandemic continue, nine in 10 realtors say housing markets are in a recovery mode, with many saying their markets are even hotter than a year ago. I'm hearing a lot lot of that from uh, agents, that they're so jammed up here. The delayed spring market definitely occurring now because of of what took place. The housing market is seeing unprecedented monthly jumps in existing home sales and prices. Uh, But they're also seeing some insights from the National Association of Realtors. Uh, Buyer and seller behavior is changing during this virus health crisis. So they highlighted some of these findings. One, buyers are in a rush. Last year, buyers looked at an average of nine homes before making a purchase. Now they're looking at three to four homes before initiating a contract. Buyers are fast-forwarding their transactions. More than a quarter of the realtors buyers are acting with greater urgency over recent weeks, particularly those home purchases in rural areas. They're with number two, their wish lists are shifting. Home shoppers are changing some of their priorities for home features. For example, NAR, National Association of Realtors, showed the top features desired by buyers. Uh, one of them now is a home office. Go Many figure. House, 
Yeah, many households may need more space. More buyers are sizing up outdoor space, showing increased desires for pools, gardens, more space to enjoy. In general, your clients have changed what features are more important. Now, no search in criteria is about the same. No, the search criteria is about the same. Is 65% of them. 24% of them want a home office. Space to accommodate family, older adults, relative better babies, 15%. Larger house side, 13%. Yards for growing vegetables, 11%. Yard for exercise, 8%. Broadband, internet, 8%. These are all things going up. Bigger kitchens, 8%. Acreage, 8%. Swimming pool, 8%. Safe space for packages for the doorman to accept packages. <laughs> That's a weird one. 3% and others. Well, you got so Amazon coming every five minutes. You got to have yeah, a place know. for all those I packages. Know. I know. Every time Evie sees me behind a computer, I'm buying something there. <laughs> so anyway, many realtors say they prefer are prepared for a second wave. Buyers are less concerned about commutes. As remote work grows, 22% of the 2,300 realtors surveyed said their buyers are becoming less concerned about the commute time when shopping for a home. Freedom from balance of commute has allowed some buyers to expand their searches beyond the city center to the suburbs, to the exurbs, and so there's more of that going on. A quarter of the realtors reported their buyers are looking away from center city toward the buyer to the suburbs or smaller, especially in certain places where they're letting the crime get out of control, like uh, Philly and New York. If workplaces keep changing and there's this greater acceptance of remote working, this trend could stick around for a little longer. And who knows? Multi-generational households may grow more common. One in six generation Xers and younger baby boomers have purchased a multi-generational home pre-COVID, according to some research, including aging parents and adult children all coming under the same roof during the during the virus moving forward that could mean your buyers will be looking for larger single family homes we might be getting back to remember the mcmansions there was the big fad for mcmansions for right. a while and then after a while the downsides started happening so people are starting to take a look will the mcmansion trend happen again also recent younger buyers wanting to live closer to the family top reason to move before the virus were a new job marriage or baby but now most moves are being driven by young millennials 20 somethings who want to be near their family and friends family unit appears to be becoming more important and i think the virus could increase that trend five number five pets could drive a purchase decision uh the pandemic has sparked a surge in households that want a pet uh you know pets are important the surveys show pets can influence where people buy. 43% of the houses said they're willing to move to better accommodate their pet. Uh, I never even thought about that. Yeah, I just <laughs> like that. Yeah. Dog wasn't on the list. Dog was just coming. <laughs> so we see consumers actually want to buy a property because of a pet. Then they may want a fenced-in yard, extra space for their animal. And in the sixth, first-time buyer wave could emerge there's going to be a baby boom at the end of this. Oh, thing because my God. Everybody's Absolutely. been locked up. Absolutely. Consumers may show more commitment to their home than to long term relationships in the 80s. 75% of first time home buyers were married 
were married. 75% of first-time home buyers were married. In 2019, that dropped to 53% from the 80s. So there's a lot of things that were impacted. And in the last one, real fast, housing tenor could fall. Well, over the recent year, homeowners have stayed put in their home longer than they have in the past. But that's going to change again. We go through cycles. So... We do. People are making decisions based on what took place in this virus, and they were stuck in the house. That's all I got to say about that. All right, and coming up next is our segment with Dr. Abelson. And our topic for today is keeping your team engaged during COVID. Welcome, Dr. Dr. A. Hi, guys. I'm doing great. I've been uh, distancing and uh, making sure that uh, um, when I'm out, I've got a mask on. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. I've been trying to find a bar where I can listen to some music. (laughs) (laughs) Mark's priorities. So anyway, last week we started this, keeping your team engaged while we were physically separated. And we talked about a couple of the the D and the I personality. And actually, you know, it was interesting. Uh, My son was talking to somebody about a job this week, and they were talking to him about taking a disc test, which I rarely hear. Most impl- I tell all the, you know, we're telling the audience, business owners, whatever, should use your tools so they don't make mistakes. But to get back well, it's on good topic, to hear somebody's, you know, yeah, you know, using it, and, and hopefully uh, they'll they'll they're be a using yours for your son. I'm telling, I want to make sure they're using yours. So, anyway, so tell us a little more about keeping your team engaged during the during the virus distancing here. Well, it's, it's important to realize that the different styles are going to uh, look at it differently. And last time we talked about the D and the I, today we're going to talk about the S and the C. And the S's like to have a relationship with somebody. They like to, to be supportive of others. It's, it's like a maternalistic or paternalistic type of behavioral style. So that's the type of thing. They don't like confrontation or conflict or things of that nature. And they typically keep to themselves. They don't talk a lot. So what you want to do is when you are interacting with them, number one, you should interact with them more. Number two, you should ask questions. What's going on for you right now? You know, uh, how do you react to to what so-and-so just said? Uh, is it, what ideas do you have? So in other words, ask them and get them more involved by asking them questions. If not, they're gonna hold back and what's gonna happen is that these are gonna dominate because you know they just like to do that and the eyes are gonna dominate because they like to talk. Right. And they and they like to interact with other people. But the S's are typically, again, they kind of hold back a little. Now, with the C's, what happens is they like to collect data. So what you want to do, let's say you've got a new project or there's something going on and you want to have more information about what's happening to keep them engaged. What you want to do is you want to say, well, why don't you do this research? Give them a finite type of research that you want and a deadline regarding time, you know, and and tell them to do the best they can within that time period Uh, and make sure that you give them permission for it not to be perfect. All right. Or else they might not even log on to your uh, to your to your meeting. All right. So so again, what you want to do is you want to give them some type of task to look at the data, look at the information or ask their opinion on something or ask what go into their expertise so to ask them a question regarding their expertise uh regarding regarding an issue because they love the data they love the information don't get into the personal aspect of it okay that's where the s was going to be much more comfortable yeah they're going to want more detail i'm actually having a teacher's meeting monday which i want to try to remember all this so 
because they're going to expect me to take over, but I want their ideas. Well, so. what I would do, Mark, is I would, for them, I would say, you know, normally you guys know that I like to, uh, to start things out. What I'd like you to do is to give me some data or some information uh, or your opinion on what we should do or what we should be thinking about or whatever the issue is that you're trying to, 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 to look at. So give them permission to, to jump in and then yeah. they will. If not, they're going to just be waiting for you to take control. Yeah, that's a good idea because I don't usually do that. I usually uh, start, I'll have a little agenda and I'll tell them a few things and then I and then I try to throw it to them. What do they think? And they come up with great ideas. So maybe I'll start the meeting that time. That'll, that'll throw them all off and maybe they'll jump in quicker. And they take all the 80% off my plate, which is great. I love my, <laughs> my teachers are great. I, I love them. They, they just do things. They solve problems for me because they know I'm answering, I'm in the 20% answering the phone. So that, that's a good idea. Thanks. All right, very good. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you get paid the big bucks for, Doc. Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you guys to double or triple or quadruple my salary uh, right. because I don't think I get paid enough. All right. Well, you know, you're, you're, you've got well, 10 years seniority now, so maybe we'll talk about that. <laughs> All right. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Uh, it's real easy. It's just drperiodA at ableson.net or just go to our website, abelson.net. All right. Very good. Thanks, doctor. My pleasure. All right. Be safe. No, take care. All right. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors for keeping us on the air every week. Here at Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Hope you tune in every week and look, listen to the podcast at Good News of Real Estate. So, with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive. All, positive. all, all the time. time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.